The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Austin Bristow, and you're listening to On The List. For episode 30 on Tuesday, November 9th, I'm joined by pitcherless writer Josh Sperry. Josh, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am so happy you're here as, I'm just going to say it right off the bat, folks, this is pretty much going to be an all-Atlanta Braves episode. Josh and I, I think we both of us essentially claim to be the two biggest Braves fans among the pitcherless staff. Um, I don't know if we have any others on staff to come to think of it, but we are pretty much on cloud nine. As you can imagine, the Atlanta Braves are the world series champions for the first time in 26 years. Josh, how do you feel? I, it took a while for it to finally set in. Yep. Same. Like, like obviously I was up watching all the games and all that. I watched all the post game coverage after game six and everything, but it still didn't set I, the parade is when it finally set in like, oh, man. holy crap. They actually did it. Yeah. We are actually going to be talking with Josh as well, doing our usual get to know the writer sort of thing. As we typically do, we talk about what they've been working on recently, talk baseball, and we will do a mailbag session at the end. So if you want to have your questions answered on the air, you can send those over to me directly at Twitter. I am at Brastowski. Or even easier, you can hop into our PL Plus Discord server where I ask for questions every week. Now, Josh, where can the people find you on Twitter? Um, it is at Josh, and then there's three underscores. We'll get into why there's three underscores in a bit um, in the uh, in the mailbag section. And then Sperry, S-P-E-R-R-Y. It's just like the shoe. It's nice and easy to remember. Well done. That's yep. There's a there's a story behind that one. Oh man! But before then, we got lots of Atlanta talk to get through. It's gonna be great. But I think we're gonna keep things in our typical order. We'll get to Atlanta, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we're going through. But I do want to go through and, you know, get to know Josh a little bit. So, you know, start you off with a really open-ended one here. Tell us a bit about yourself. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Josh. I've been with PitcherList for, like, two two years now? Two, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, two years. Um, yeah, I kind of just do a little bit of whatever, but I've kind of just fallen into the, like, just video side of things more than writing and all that help with the newsletter a bit uh i'm 30 married with three kids 
we uh we're speed running that that's for sure I mean, well, I've talked about it all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be honest, little disappointed that none of your children are named Freddy. That's, you know. <laughs> no, I think we got a we got the first name from my aunt. We got Cade from my aunt. Kinsley might have also came from my aunt. <laughs> Oddly enough, and then Charlie, I think Jess came up with it. So, I mean, you were you were right there. Yeah. You were right there but with were, the third one. We were close. At least, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, it's spelled a little different because it's got the GH in there because we got to put the little pizzazz to it. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a video editor full time. That's my main job. Um, and that's like about it. There's not a not a ton to it. I love it. Well, clearly, we've already established you're a big Atlanta Braves fan. How did you how did you become an Atlanta Braves fan? Because I feel like there's more than. Most teams, I think Atlanta fans can be found all over because of the TBS Mm -hmm. uh, connection back in the day. So is there is there a story for how you got into the Bravos? Kind of. Uh, So we lived in Ohio until 98. So towards like the back end of that 90s run. And then we moved to Georgia and I kind of just got sucked into it once we came down here because like I'm a Steelers fan, too, like because we lived up north like football is like especially the Steelers are so much bigger up there that my family, my mom's side of the family loved the Steelers. So I got tied into that like hard, but it wasn't quite as big of like tied to a baseball team. I kind of like the pirates and the Indians. So it's weird. Or I guess the guardians now that's still going to take a while to get used to. It'll take so, a moment. Yep. Yeah. So tech, like that's why like I didn't really like claim the 95 world series. Cause like technically I think when I was four, so that doesn't count anyway. And yeah. then also, I was probably a Cleveland fan in my like fandom like timeline there. So that's why it was really nice to get this one. Oh yeah, that I mentioned before that I have when the last time the Braves won the World Series in '95, uh, I was three months old, oh, laying on my dad's chest. Apparently, he he he, as he tells it, I was awake and watching the final inning. So oh yeah, no, I guess I. Was, I I technically witnessed it. <laughs> yeah, all our all our kids were asleep. They weren't staying up that late. I, you know what? I think that makes you a good father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they because I you can't keep them up till midnight and then get them up for school the next day. Shoot, I was struggling because like my work hours. I start work every day at like three thirty four in the morning, so. Oof. It was staying up until midnight watching these games, trying to like emotionally wind down from the highs and lows. And there were a lot of highs. So like that adrenaline, like if if they lose a close game, like, boom, I'll just knock out quick because like I'm just going to forget about it, go to sleep. But with all the walk offs and all that, I'm like, man, this is this is killing me. Yeah, I I, I am. a. That's one thing that I did not expect going through the postseason mm-hmm. that's a lot of late nights a like, lot of late nights staying up until 11 or midnight watching baseball and like staying up and being emotionally invested right until midnight and then being really excited or really bummed and then going to sleep and having to go get to work the next morning like they yeah. don't tell you about that part no they don't and then because it's like in with work too, like since I work in news, like we're I'm then waking up and like editing more of this stuff. So it's like I'm still just diving right into it oh, right man. back in. 
thank thank goodness so they i guess they wanted a week ago today wow last tuesday yep. so my tuesday my off days are tuesday wednesday so like i got all wednesday to kind of like just chill because i i think i was up until like two in the morning of course after the game because they're chatting with people in discord and all that and just excited so it was nice to have the next day to just kind of regroup just kind of watch whatever i wanted to watch post game wise and just be good it was oh, so good growing up did you have a favorite player or has anyone really stuck out to you otherwise um i wore 25 when i played baseball for andrew jones so probably andrew like nice. just watching him play center was a blast of course like chipper um when i pitched i kind of tried to mimic smoltz and my like wind up and all that um more currently i mean if you if you do follow me on twitter at this point like i'm obsessed with byron buxton to an unhealthy degree so he's one of my favorite players now it's there's a lot of dynamics to it jose fernandez was my favorite probably my favorite player ever yeah and obviously things took a turn after he passed and all that with the reasoning so that that's a tough one to kind of like go back and forth because he was so much fun to watch and it's like yeah it's hard to say someone was a surefire hall of famer when they're 23 years old but in my mind there's no doubt about it that he was going to go down as one of the best yeah that was i still remember waking up that morning and i it it hit me like a ton of bricks mm -hmm. for whatever reason that one really got me and i was i remember just sitting in my dorm room crying Oh, yeah. Like um, I was driving to because I was producing a radio show at that. It was a Sunday morning. So I was driving to the radio station and my buddy texted me. He said, hey, did you hear about Jose Fernandez? And I figured some mega extension. Or he had to have Tommy John again. Like yeah, that. he had to have Tommy John again. And so I was bummed about that. And then he texted me about what happened. And golly, just yeah, that, was, that, that hit for whatever reason that hit me so hard when he passed. Same. Yeah, I think that was a lot of us in the baseball community. Yeah. But we're going to keep the mood up because, yeah. you know what? We can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk to me about your fantasy baseball career. How many leagues do you play in? What's your favorite type to play, et cetera, et cetera? Um, year to year, I'm in three that I can bank on every single year playing and then kind of usually sprinkle in like two or three more, including like the staff league and all that. Um, one's just head to head categories. I've been with these guys for, we probably played in this league for like 10 years now. Like it's, we've been playing awesome. it since college. It's a five keeper league. And we've like, we've had to change the rules as we keep going to kind of keep things fresh and all that sort of stuff. Just kind of update with the times. Um, Dynasty has become my favorite, and it's not particularly close because nice. I'm a prospect. I'm a prospect junkie. Like it's bad. So there's something fun about like having this mega stacked farm system, and then trying to figure out what on earth to do with it, but not wanting to trade any of them at the same time because none of them are gonna bust. Of course not. Yeah, there's no way. I so I'm yeah. still holding on to Jose Mateo. Exactly. Or Jorge Mateo. He's going to steal 45 bases in the season at some point, He's and it's going to be as soon as I trade him. So, uh, but yeah, I'm in two dynasty leagues. One's like a 14 team head to head, and the other one's a roto with an actual, weirdly enough, a bunch of guys from the pitcher list discord. We all formed one going into last year. Nice. And um, did all that. So, yeah, got those two. I was in an NL only league that ended up folding just because people just 
kind of got over it or whatever. Um, surprisingly, won that league once. Okay. Like I can make the playoffs a lot, but I don't know about you. I can't win. Cha- I can't win win at all. I I am often in the playoffs. Um, I think in my entire fantasy baseball career, I've won three championships in the mm-hmm. like eleven years I've been playing. Two in my home league. I won the um, the not the legacy league, but the other staff league. The first year that I was played in the staff league. Yeah. And then since then, not a ton. It's been yeah. a lot of lot, lot of postseason appearances and early exits. That's the thing is, uh, so in the league that I've been in with guys from college, for basically his entire career, I've had Trout. For the last, however, what, three, four years, I've had Acuna. And I've had Arenado and Goldschmidt as my, like, four ball, like, surefire keepers i lose in the championship like almost every year my my dad in our home league i think he has been to the championship round the last like three out of the last four years Mm -hmm. and he's never won it he's never won our league that's that just finished its 11th season yeah so it's absolutely brutal for him Mm mm-hmm that's and it's like it's the our commissioner. He's the one who just somehow ends up winning it every single year. Somehow like, he just he keeps getting it done. And like one of my big flaws is like throughout the season, like I'm not good about keeping up with waivers, and I'm extremely stubborn with the guys that I draft. Like I just believe to a fault that like they'll come through at some point. So that's like it's in season stuff that gets me. Yeah, every yeah. single time. I. The, I think the one time I won it, ugh, I had I had picked up someone off of waivers really early. I, I want to say the the last time I won our home league, I had picked up like Aaron Judge in the oh, first yeah. week or something like that, and that was mm-hmm. his rookie season. And you know you get you get the the rookie of the year off of waivers, and you got a good shot to win the league. Yeah. So yeah, that I think. I think when I I think I added Trout, so like his his rookie year, obviously that first first season, like the month, did not go well. I think my buddy dropped him like right before opening oh, day no. of the next year, and I don't even know if he remembers this. I dropped Suspedes for him, and like it was. A, I mean, obviously here we are a decade later, and he's just nuts. Wow, that's but yeah, it was so funny that he had him and ended up dropping him. Absolutely wild. But that league, unfortunately, so because like I was getting bored just with the league, just because even with Trout, even with Acuna Arenado, like I had this like beautiful foundation, like it just got boring with the same. So we actually introduced contracts. Nice. Okay. So unfortunately, this was my last year with Trout and I've only got one more year with Acuna. So brutal. So we'll see. But my team, I almost pushed in all the chips this year. After Acuna got hurt, or no, after Trout got hurt and thought about it. But then my team ended up tanking. So I should end up with a pretty decent draft pick, which is, the, I guess, the good news out of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a lot of bad teams this year. I, I I did, too. I think in my home league, I drafted my, my first two picks in the home league were Trevor Story and Cody Bellinger. Oh, man. Um, so that wasn't. That wasn't great. So. That's tough because I, I love story too. So it pained me to see him 
do that poorly this year. Oh yeah, I, Story is one of my all-time favorite players. I um oh I should have that's who I should have instead of us taking us down the Jose Fernandez path. I should have mentioned Trevor Story in like my favorite players. He's, and for some so reason fun I did watch. Well, like so in college he was in low A when my buddy and I were at West Georgia, and so Rome is about an hour from there. Sure. Um, so we went up there because Asheville had a loaded team that year, which was the team Story was on. So like we actually like chatted with Story for a good while, like before one of the games and all that. And he's a super nice guy, and so he kind of became one of my favorite players from that. Man, he actually that's... followed me on my old Twitter account too. I forgot that... about that, and still had to like until he got yeeted. Huh. That is a cool story. Yeah. So that uh, yeah, Story is hands down one of my favorite players because he's just a genuinely nice guy and then he ended up being really good that's awesome yeah very much looking forward to him getting paid this year yeah is there any kind of uh article or project or anything along those lines since you've joined us a picture list you've been particularly proud of um I liked the Statcast Roundup stuff that we did last year. Yeah. I just I did not have the time to do it this year with a new kid and or adding a new baby in the mix and all that. I just I wasn't gonna be able to give it the time that it needed. Uh, that was fun. The I, well, we can tie this back in in a few minutes when we start talking about the World Series. But like the Kyle Wright article, like that was the first thing I wrote for Pitcher List, and it was an idea that I had into like to actually like first published something like on picture list is a crazy feeling it's kind of awesome it really is yeah and like in the next season went horrible for kyle wright like just <laughs> awful like that article was did not hold up over the next like 12 months but it was just it was really cool just to put in the time do all the research make the gifts all that sort of stuff to kind of help weave your way through the narrative and then to like finally hit publish and then to have Nick shoot me a message and say, Hey, this is really good. Like you did a good job. Like that's yeah. That was a very good article. I remember that one. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm also glad to hear that you're on team GIF. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't do GIF. I can't. Yeah. I think it's pretty rare that someone comes on this pod and doesn't end up saying the the acronym at least once. So it's mm-hmm. they a lot of people will just accidentally out themselves for one team or the other. No, yeah, it's it's GIF and like GIF is not even in my vocabulary, absolutely like, at all. Not not unless we're talking about peanut butter. I don't. I just call it peanut butter. Like I, I've, it's not. <laughs> I don't say the word GIF at all. <laughs> just like hey, we just need to get peanut butter. It doesn't matter what brand it is. I'm not picky. It's <laughs> fair. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, that uh, that Kyle Wright article was real solid, and I, you know what? I I still think he's got some potential. Oh, I, I just I I can't give up on the guy. I, I can't either, and because he looked he looked so good, like that first inning against the Astros. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, where did this come from? Like he just went up there and just shoved it to three straight batters. It was great. And I'm like. It finally looks like he just knows he's good. And it was comforting having Snicker say after Kyle Wright's game four, which I would, which, so I ended up going to game four. Right. Uh, my dad ended up getting tickets through work. That's the only way that I was going to end up there. Amazing. So, so we were like 15, 18 rows behind home plate. Like these were like, yeah, we looked Ooh. at, I looked at the market afterwards. Cause that's where my dad's company seats are. They have seats in the Delta section. 
So I uh, naturally, like when my dad says we got tickets in the work seats, I'm like, let's see what these things are. I mean, they were like five grand a ticket. I'm like, oh how can gosh. people pay this? Holy crap. So to be able to like be at a World Series game, see them win and then see Kyle Wright throw like four and two thirds, just dominant innings besides the Altuve home run was just like about all I could ask for right there. I mean, yeah, that was that was the game with the. Uh back-to-back uh, yeah. Dansby and Soler, Soler right? yeah. Oh. I have never heard that place that loud. That Now, I wasn't there for the Rosario home run against the Dodgers to put him up, but I've never heard that place that loud. That's amazing. That that might have been the the game to go to if you're going to go to a game. Like, Yeah. Oh, that that ending was just superb. Because, like, I mean, they just they couldn't string it together at any point, and then all of a sudden... Chris, like Christian Javier, right? Yep. Decided to like, hey, Dansby can't hit sliders. Let's throw him a fastball, and Dansby put it out. Whoops. And then Soler sneaks one over Jordan out there, who I thought was going to catch it because yeah. he's taller than the fence. That but was just that was a ugh. crazy game. Ugh, so much fun to watch. Unless you know. You're an Astros fan, which I imagine which, that would have been less. Which fun to there watch. were two, there were two Astros fans right behind us, but they were they were very, extremely nice people. Oh, like they good. were very, they were very mad at the people sitting in front of us because he kept. There was a kid who just kept standing up like the whole game, which I get to an extent. It's the World Series, all that, but he was on a weird spot where there's literally nobody in front of him. So he didn't have to stand. If he had to stand because the person in front of him was standing, it's what it's whatever. That's it's the World Series. What are you gonna do? So they weren't happy with him, but they they were nice to my dad and I. That works. Well, how about outside of the baseball realm, outside of sports realm? Anything else you are particularly into, whether it be hobbies or anything else? Um, mostly just like playing games, which is something I weirdly got out like I got out of for a really long time, and then. Probably like maybe like two, three, three, maybe four years ago or something. Like I started to kind of get back into it more and more. Probably once I started this work schedule and like started to have kids. Yeah. I don't really have time to go out and do things anymore, but I can stay up for an hour or two and like play games with people at yeah. night. And it's really just helped me like connect with other people, especially in like the picture list community and all that. Just meet different people in the air and now like Jordan Schwebzy and I, like, we play games almost nightly. That's adorable. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, mostly just that and just being a dad. There's not much more beyond that. I used to play softball, but now with three kids, it's really hard to, like, say, hey, Jets, you got to watch the kids all night. I got to go yeah, relive my childhood dreams of hitting baseballs. <laughs> yeah. I feel a little guilty now. That's That's some uh, well-founded guilt there <laughs> yeah that's good yeah i uh i gotta say the the among us nights from the sperry average discord yes. were one of Which, the highlights of those early pandemic days for me it that those i looked forward to monday nights every single week because they were so much fun and nick and i were actually just talking about it maybe like a week or two ago about we need to like start organizing those again. Yeah. Now that baseball's over, so now that his schedule relaxes a bit. Exactly. Now granted he's got he's got 7.0 stuff to look at now, but at least it's not like I got to write the SP roundup at 1 in the morning and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I 
absolutely had a blast with those. Made some mm-hmm. good friends, and you know, uh, constantly. I still think about the uh, the bidet conversation. Oh, <laughs> I think about that like all the time because of how funny it was. That was good. I think you, I think you ended up tweeting about that one. That was really really. I good. I, an, I got into Source Filmmaker and animated an Among Us character getting hit in the face with water spray from a day. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna have to go dig that up so I can watch I, that again. I, I I have to tweet it again. It was on the old account, so I would have I I I know I have it saved somewhere. Oh, please tweet that again and just yeah. just in honor of on the list. Please, that was yeah. <laughs> for, i'm gonna be honest i had forgotten no, about here's that a, conversation. so here we can do this um do you do you tweet i'm assuming you tweet out all the episodes yes i will i'll e- after we get done with this i'll email you the file so you can put that in the tweet if you want to if you can if you want to attach it <laughs> so good all right all right that sounds brilliant <laughs> and then everyone who's listening to this will be like what are See, we like, talking about? Oh, we're going to discuss good. this video at some point in the podcast. Fantastic! Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, those were those were the days. Mm-hmm. You know what else was the days? Like one week ago. God, that—that's why you get paid the big bucks. What a segue! What a segue! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Like Josh messaged me uh, last week, which just said, "Hey, uh, Braves on the list when?" And I said, "Next week, let's do this." Because we, I mean, we had talked briefly about doing it anyway, so I'm like, I mean, it's timely now. Like, oh yeah, you were just annoy everybody. Very much on the short list for folks that I knew I wanted to get on soon. Yeah, and so. With with the events that have unfolded. It was just perfect time to make it happen. So yeah, I uh, wow. So let's roll the clock back. Um, it was July, I believe. Acuna tears his ACL. Mm-hmm. We're like five games under five hundred, and I think we're about ten games behind the Mets. Um, what was your outlook for the team back then? I was wondering who Charlie Morton was getting dealt to. I was wondering, like, I, because when the team's playing as, like, mediocre as they were, and then you lose a top five player in baseball, you don't usually get better. Yeah. That's. So my brain immediately starts, okay, we got two two weeks until the, two weeks-ish, until the trade deadline. Like, I assumed Morton would be gone. Yep. I thought they might try to move Will Smith. I thought they might try to move just other good relievers who were, unmanageable deals because I'm like if I don't know why you would push the chips in there's no reason to so I, I guess I had a little doubt yeah no I I, I remember the day after uh, Acuna's injury I was on the phone with my dad you know and every time I talked to my dad on the phone we ended up talking end up talking about baseball yeah um, and I told him yeah we should absolutely trade Charlie Morton Oh, 100%. Yeah. And try to get whatever we can for him. I, I just don't see it happening for us this year. And uh, we were wrong. We were very wrong. And, and like, the crazy thing is, is, like, Anthopolis didn't push the chips in. Like, no, it, 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 we, he didn't trade the farm. Like He didn't trade any. He didn't trade any. Like, anything. Drew Waters is still in yeah. our system somehow. 
Pache is still there. I mean, the best player they traded was Bryce Wilson, and he was kind of in that, like, Kyle Wright, Tucker Davidson. Like, it's like this glob of, like, 4A starters Yeah, that you don't have space for all of them. Yeah, it's... And then the guy they traded him for didn't even make the playoff roster. Right. Like, we never saw Richard Rodriguez. Yeah, Richard Rodriguez helped down the stretch mm-hmm. but he was really rough in yeah. late September and never made the roster for the mm-hmm. postseason I mean we had enough relievers clearly yeah oh my gosh Our bullpen I... in the play- playoffs was insane after you know the first half the bullpen was terrible mm-hmm. that was one of the storylines is the Atlanta Braves bullpen is gonna be the reason they missed the playoffs this year yeah it is a mess and after the trade deadline everything just started clicking everything started falling into place it was really strange i remember um we get peterson and my dad is really upset because he doesn't like jock peterson at all really he because of just his like attitude style yeah, yeah yeah and i mean Going up against the Dodgers the past few years, whether it be postseason or otherwise, I get it. Peterson is a very grating player if you're losing oh, to him. Yeah, 100%. So he was upset. And then Peterson in his first game hits a, was it the walk-off home run for Peterson's first game with Atlanta or something I like that? I think so. And uh, I just, I texted my dad, all caps, jock, that's it. And he says, yeah, all right, we'll see. Uh, and so I think every time I was watching a game and Peterson either got a lead, uh, uh, like a, a home run or any kind of hit to get them ahead or made a great catch or something like that, I would just text my dad, all caps, just the word jock. Um, and that happened quite a bit in yeah. the NLDS. And he was like, yep, okay, this is fine now. Yeah. So it's, but and that was the interesting thing is in Jock's article, the Players Tribune on like they t- uh, like somebody in the organization told him like when he got there like hey like I wouldn't get comfortable because we still don't know what's going to happen over the next two weeks. Yeah, and they could very realistically just turn around and trade you to somebody else. Yeah, so it's wild. Yeah, um, we end up trading for. All the rest of our outfielders, we get Duvall I mean, back. We get yeah. Solaire, who had been hitting below the Mendoza line up to yeah. that point. We um, Eddie Rosario, who was hurt, like yeah, literally trade traded for, for somebody who's hurt. A guy who has a strained oblique, mm-hmm. which is a bad injury for a hitter. Yes. Trade for it's Richard Rodriguez, who is a guy that I have been saying we should target for a long time, yeah. like last year. Um, and... I remember the discussion in the Discord server was pretty lukewarm on Atlanta's uh, trade deadline. Right, because, like, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. Like, I wanted Gallo. Like, yeah. But I that's because I'm a huge Joey Gallo person. Like, I just – I think he's a fantastic player and all that. So, like, I wanted Gallo, but then he goes to New York. And, like, all the pieces that I wanted kept going elsewhere. And then you just end up with all these – just this glob of outfielders. And you're like – Okay, well, at least we didn't give up anything for him. Like, it's probably not going to work out, but at least we didn't give up anything for him. Exactly. That was a lot of my thoughts. I was, I think, 
I was one of the people who was most hopeful. I really liked a lot of the moves, like getting mm-hmm. Duvall uh, and Rodriguez especially were big ones for me. Yeah. I didn't expect Soler to be nearly as good as he was, Mm-mm. or Peterson, or Rosario, obviously. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anyone expected the performance that we got, because essentially... Peterson was going to be the MVP if there was an MVP for the uh, divisional yeah. round, because he had the he had the late home run in what like game two, game two, one, or yeah. game two. I can't remember. Um, and then homered again at home, right? Yep. Like Rosario just... wins NLCS MVP, and Soler wins the World Series MVP. It's it's the the stuff that actual movies are made of. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what a lot of this season felt like was that we were just on some kind of script. Like you you don't want to use the word destiny because like destiny I feel like it's just such a like like a weird word to talk about like with sports and all that. But then you have all these just random moments throughout the course, and I'm like, this might actually happen because from the moment we got into the playoffs, I'm like, okay, it's cool that we made the playoffs, but. But Milwaukee is terrifying from an from like an objective standpoint on them. We're on borrowed time. Yeah, because Cincinnati scared me last year Mm -hmm. and Milwaukee's pitching is better than Cincinnati's was. (laughs) Yep. So to to be able to beat them and then to not have to face Corbin Burns in that game five to get it done in four and not have to reface Burns was huge. And then you're like, okay. Made to the next round, but it's the Dodgers. Like it's the team that rallied from three one last year to sweep you. That got better this year. They're a better team now. And then like when you start, we get deeper into the series, and they're like, okay, we have to have a bullpen game. Okay, we have to have another bullpen game. Okay, now we're starting Urias on short rest or whoever yeah. it was towards the end. I'm like, now Scherzer can't pitch. I'm like, okay, they might get this done. And then it's like the Astros. I'm like, okay, we made it this far, which is awesome because. I'm a Steelers fan, so I've seen two Super Bowl wins in my lifetime. I started to wonder if I'd ever see a Braves one just because of a Braves World Series because it's so hard to do. And I thought last year was going to be the year until just the pitching just kind of unraveled in the NLCS. But then, like, you start and then, like, Charlie Morton freaking breaks his leg in the first game. I I thought that once that happened, I thought we don't have we have Uh two pitchers now. We have two yep. starters. We're I have in the no same idea place we were last we're year. Do this. There's how in the world are we going to make this happen? And then and then Freed struggles in game two, and you're like, okay, how many pitchers do we have? We have the bullpen. Like that's it. But we can't use the bullpen for the entire series, can right. we? Oh wait. And then apparently we can. pretty much did. Yeah. And then then Ian came out with the great start in game three. Like it was it was weird. It was ugly. For five no-hit innings somehow. Like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest, but it got you there. And I've always, especially during the regular season, like I've ragged on Snit plenty for the decisions that he made. I don't think, besides leaving Tucker Davidson in for the third inning in game four, no, five. Yeah. I can't think of a single move that I'm like, I would have done it differently. Like he nailed it all postseason. It was really a master class. Um, weird tangent. I, mm-hmm. I just pulled up the uh, 
2021 Atlanta Braves uh, Wikipedia page just to get some quick stuff here. Uh, yeah. Do you know that Matt Tuiasopo is the triple the Gwinnett A manager, right? Gwinnett Stripers yeah. manager? I had no idea. I think I found that out going to a Gwinnett game, I think. I read it and I was like, I do know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Like, it's. I mess up names like all the time, but for some reason, Tuias Sopo is like just rolls off the tongue. It's all of the vowels. Like Rio Ruiz is a name that I'm forever going to struggle with because it's so many vowels in such a short name. <laughs> yep, that's that's pretty reasonable. I just I think back on after the after the trade deadline when we had what was it a 14 game streak of win loss win loss win loss. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, we can't actually keep doing this. Yeah. We're going to either lose a bunch or win a bunch and something's going to break. Yep. And then we end up going on a 12-game winning streak that gets snapped by the Yankees who were simultaneously on a big winning streak. On an absurd one, yeah. Which was very fun to have that happen. And then the Mets... Do do a fun little low Mets thing. The <laughs> Phillies never really had that kind of momentum Mm-mm. or firm grip. They were also 500 for most of the season like we were and then kind of fell off as, as the Braves got hot. Mm-hmm. Harper, uh, Harper tried. He tried really his tried. to keep them afloat. He had such a I, good year. I think he'll be the MVP. I think he's got a really good shot at that's, it. Yeah. That's my pick. That's be who I would vote for. And I think something that people don't talk about a ton, um, the Nationals fire sailing had to have helped. How yep. many times do we play the Nationals after the break? I can try to look that up real quick if you want to keep. Absolutely. Because it was, and even if we didn't play them a ton, I think it was it might have been just a bit of a, you know, morale boost as Mm -hmm. the Braves who at the time again under 500 at the deadline end up buying while the Nationals sell off one of the two two of the best players in the division maybe the two best players in the division that are at least healthy quite possibly yeah so if nothing else it is an absolute boon to see that the team that beat you two years ago and won it all mm-hmm. isn't still that team. Yeah. Uh, we played them nine times after the break and went seven and two. There you go. I mean, it came down to still pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, seven and two is pretty significant. And if Scherzer had pitched in some of those games, yep. or if Trey Turner had been... MVP level Trey Turner in some of those games. You start getting closer to five four against them, or even four five potentially, depending on how the pitching exactly. broke down. Exactly. So, yeah, that's. I think that's something that people haven't really brought up much. Plus, you know, with Duvall on our team and yeah. not actively hitting home runs against the Braves constantly. I know. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a fun second half of the season. It, it really was. It was a fun, and then the playoff ride was just obviously a blast. Oh, so 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 good. Because it, it was a weird feeling. So, 
in the Dodgers series, I was stressed out of my mind almost every single game. But I didn't really have that in the World Series because none of the games were like besides the one I was at. So I wasn't like stressing that one a ton because I was so immersed in like everything going on. But it was just it was a weird feeling just being like, oh, yeah, they're up and I have full faith in the bullpen to lock it down. And yeah, it was I a mean, very and in the games that they lost, like they got down early and it was just it was over. Yeah. Game one was six to two. Mm hmm. And we had we scored five runs in the first three innings. Yeah, that's a great feeling. Game two, the Astros score five runs in the first two innings. And we're like we're pretty much out of it in, almost immediately. So again, not a lot of stress. Game three, we only won two to zero, and we had only scored one run through the seventh. Yeah, that was the stressful one for me. That was the Anderson game. Yeah. Um, where again, he was no hitting them for a while, but in a, the weirdest way. Yeah. Of course, we come back to win game four, lose uh, game five pretty handily, nine to five there. Mm -hmm. And, and then... that's where I got like slightly nervous. I'm like, I don't want to go back to Houston. I really don't want to go back to Houston. Yeah. But then, I mean, the final game, it never felt. I never felt stressed during that final game other than the weird butterflies in your stomach you feel where the team that won 88 games this season that was under 500 for most mm -hmm. of the season somehow is about to win a World Series. That's the only like weird stress reaction I had. The 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 whirlwind of emotions though in like that first inning cuz you're like, okay, they got runners on base. Did Free just break his ankle? Yeah. <laughs> It, it rem do you remember uh, Tim Honey. Hudson? Yeah, it looked the exact same. Yep. And even the announcer said later, like, if Brantley had metal spikes, like, it's probably over. But he wears the rubber-tipped ones or whatever. Yep. But I'm like, I see that, I'm like, his ankle's broken. And then I see him throwing on the mound, and I'm like, okay, we saw this in game one. Morton threw off the mound, too, and then comes to find out he broke his ankle. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's pumping 98 now. And just throwing it past everybody. What What is going on? And then he gets out of it. And then, what, an inning or two later, Soler hits his home run. And I'm like, what? I just, I, I did not understand it. It was crazy. Yeah. It If the immediate flashback to Tim Hudson's injury, mm -hmm. uh, I think, happened for a lot of Braves fans. Oh, it had to, yeah. And after just losing Charlie so recently, mm -hmm. I think all of us... I, I specifically remember going, oh, no, 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 and just covering yep. my face. And, oh, I was so upset. And then somehow he's totally fine, apparently. He's, he's fine, and he's bet he's somehow better than he was the first, like, two batters before Brantley stepped on him. So, thanks, Brantley. Just crazy. Absolutely insane. And it's just, it, it was, it was such a, such a, such a strange season. Yeah. The bullpen starts out terrible. Freddie Freeman has a bad first half. Very, yeah. The good things we have going on in the first half. Uh, Austin Riley is a monster. Mm -hmm. um, some of the pitching is pretty good. Some of the starters are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ozzie Albies was good all year. Yeah. Um, besides but, the World Series. Besides the World Series, yeah. But yeah, no, we... We were supposed to have 
uh, Soroka back this year. Mm-hmm. Somehow walking re-injures Re-pop. his ankle. Oh. We lose Darno for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and go through seven, eight catchers this year. A lot. Does Lucroy get a ring? He should. Every I think everybody who plays gets one because like Kevin Smith gets one. That's amazing. Kevin Kevin Smith, uh, Atlanta Braves legend. Did you see? Speaking of random people getting rings, have you seen the Terrence Gore stats? Yes, he, he is has like one at bat in the last three years and has three rings or something like yeah, insane like those that. Lines. It's it's hilarious, and I Terrence Gore oh, I, is the ultimate like baseball trivia yeah man now. Amazing, yeah. Uh, here are the catchers that we rolled out this season: William Contreras, Travis Darno. Mm-hmm. Alex Jackson, who was traded for Duvall. Duvall, yeah. Jonathan Lucroy, Jeff Mathis, Kevin I Smith, Mathis. and Stephen Vogt. God. That's, ugh, we just couldn't find anyone that could stick while Darno no. was injured. And then once Darno was back, it was smooth sailing the rest of the way. Thank God. It was like, Travis, sorry, you got to play every day, brother. There's no <laughs> day off for you. We can't uh, afford it. Absolutely wild. Enoa. Punches a wall, and we lose him after he was our best. Yeah. He was our best starter for the first few weeks. Breaks his hand punching a wall because, you know, when you're a super talented athlete that's being paid millions of dollars to play a children's game, you're a really well-adjusted human being. Yep. Oh, I gosh. forgot about you know a punch in the wall. I had forgotten that Carl Edwards Jr. was on our team. Apparently, I did remember that. I'm just he looking at not. some of these names now. Yeah. Absolutely wild. It was just the strangest of seasons. Scott Kazmer Jr. was on our team. After after like some like 10, 13 seasons in the minors, he he came up oh. briefly. Man, and my my brain went to Scott Kazmer for some reason and I'm like, wait, Sean Kazmer Jr. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was. Sean Kazmer Jr. Yeah. Uh Ah yeah, I forgot. That's amazing. Yeah, I've had I had forgotten that he had he had been in the minors for like a decade. They and sent then his triple A jersey to the Hall of Fame. He's been there so long. He made his first MLB appearance in over twelve years, pinch hitting for Wascari Noah. Like, twelve I years, two hundred and six days. And he's Just... technically in he is a world champion technically. Oh yeah. He has a I'd, ring. I'd get him a ring, yeah. Yeah. He was not on the team when they when they finished the season. They they yeah. uh, DFA'd him, but wow. Like the ability to just play in AAA for 10 years is I don't think I could do it. No. Like there's got to be a point even if like brutal. Love baseball and all that sort of stuff, but like 10 years in AAA like okay, it's clear big leagues clearly aren't happening like it's it's not gonna happen and to have like the support system at home to let you do that like my wife won't let me do that no there ain't no way she'd be like it, it's not happening you just you're gonna you're gonna come home yeah and we'll start being a family insane so there are a couple of you know braves related questions that we had gotten for the mailbag that i decided we should just discuss you know in our Braves discussion here I like the one from uh, our colleague, Callan Elslager. Great guy. Big fan. 
Uh, which deadline acquired outfielder do you most want to bring back this offseason? Because all four of them are now free agents now that Jock has um, declined his mutual option. So we've yeah. got Jock, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall. Which are think- you most interested in? I, I want Solaire back the most, I think, because I, I'm still banking on there being a DH next year, and I don't know what happens with Ozuna, and I don't even want to kind of like think about it. Just like when, yeah. when whatever happens, happens, I'll react and figure it out then. I'm not going to try to guess at it, anything, because it's, it's a mess of a situation it's, across it's a the mess. board. Yeah. yeah, we also lost Ozuna this year, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, so I want Solaire back because if there's going to be a DH, I I don't mind letting him just spin on his heels for 35 home runs next year. Like I'm, I'm completely, and it, it seemed like he meshed very well with the team. Agreed. So I think he's the one I would want back most just for DH. And then outfielder wise, it's probably Duvall just cause he can play set center. Yeah. I think for me, Duvall is my first priority because he's the best fielder of all of them. Yeah. Uh, they can all hit. Mm-hmm. I think du- Duvall is the best fielder. Um, and he also seems to be a great fit in that clubhouse. Yeah. Those are the two. Uh, so I agree. Solaire is another with my second. Those are the two. I think we should really try to get, I think Rosario is going to be too expensive and I am just less interested in Peterson. I think he's more See, a that. Player. That's where I'm at too. Like jock is a pretty distant fourth for me. Yeah. Out agreed. of the four. Cause he, he's, an absolute blast. The pearls were hilarious to see how that took off. Yep. He like, he came to Atlanta and like immediately loved it and wanted to win here and all that. And seems like the, one of the ultimate locker room guys, but defense isn't anything like super special. And I just think the other guys like hit more, maybe Duvall doesn't hit more consistently, but Rosario and Soler, I think I have more faith in them hitting next year. Agreed. But then Duvall gets the bump because of defense and being able to play center. Because, I mean, we don't know what Pache is going to be. We don't know. Do they want to try to play Acuna in center coming off an ACL? I don't know that they do. So you still need to figure out center field. So well, luckily, the most valuable outfielder we have is still on the team in Guillermo Heredia. Oh, God bless. Yeah. No. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. Well, he's. I checked his contract. He's here for one more year for wow. sure. He's on a two-year deal, so we got him for one more year. My wife decided that's her new favorite player. Um, oh, he's, he's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. The actual best cheerleader. Yeah. Like, where where did he get the swords from, and why does he have the swords? And... I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't so make sense. So many questions for you surrounding that. It doesn't make sense, but it's... I love it, and it's so oh, yeah. good, and I'm glad it, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm here for all that goofy stuff, and it was it was nice to have something to immediately fall back to after kind of, because Ozuna did the... The mixing. Yeah, so it was nice to immediately have something that we could, like, pivot to real quick. Yeah, because we, we were still mixing, you know, first two months of the season. Oh, yeah. And then we stopped. And then the series after Boston happened. And yep. Ozuna gets his hands st- stepped on by Devers, and then we don't we don't really want to mix anymore. We're just gonna not not do that. We need to move on. Yeah. So. And then here comes a man with freaking pirate sword running out of the dugout. And it's like, okay, here's what we're rolling yeah, with. We 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 do a sword slash now. Yep. 
Which actually transitions fairly well into a question from one of our PL Plus supporters, Little Piranha, who, shout out to Little Piranha. They have been very active uh, in on-the-list questions recently. So, A+. Plus. Good on you, Little Piranha. So, they're asking, can Atlanta please just change their name to the Hammers already? So, mm-hmm. we've got Mixing last year. We've got Sword Slash this year. Um, personally, as an Atlanta Braves fan, uh, once I saw... I, I had definitely been moving away from the chop and the chance and everything like that for the past few years. Same. Uh, but once I saw the official statement from the National Congress of American Indians, I was that is immediate done for me. Yeah. Like never again, I'm done. And I hope the I hope Truist Park and the Braves stop. And I I tweeted because uh, the next they made that statement the next game was game three of mm-hmm. the World Series. And Truist Park was playing the chop over the and intercom system. That's the interesting thing because I remember two years ago in the playoffs, they decided like, okay, we're not going to give out the foam tomahawks. We're not really going to like play the music anymore. It's going to organically happen. Like it's going to because it's not going to go away that fast, especially with just how the – Braves fan base breaks exactly. down and all that. I won't go into anything more than that. So it's not go, it's not going away anytime soon, completely. But then I was like, I thought I remembered the Braves. Like we're gonna like start to just kind of creep away from it and like not give out tomahawks, not play the music and like emphasize it. Well, they play the heck out of it. Yeah, and I I game. thought they had made a really good step last year because in the in the postseason so last year they didn't do it. There weren't fans. Mm-hmm. And they didn't play it, yeah. like, all season, um, which was great. And you thought maybe that they can just, like, just keep going with that and just and it, slowly. Uh, yeah. But, nah, they, they leaned right back into it. Right into it. Yeah. I had, I had tweeted something. Uh, here. Here, I pull it up. I, I'm really disappointed to see Truist Park still playing the chop. I understand if the chant starts naturally. But for the drum to play and Tomahawk to wave on the screens, that's uncalled for after the NCIA or NCAI statement. And boy, oh boy, yeah. I got some mixed res- mixed responses mm-hmm. from that tweet. Because there's there's no middle. I want I want to say there's no middle ground, but there's like a there's like a small middle ground. But you have people that are very passionate for it and very passionate against it. Yeah, and they are going to let you know extremely which side they sit on yeah so at this point um i am pretty much all for i'm obviously the the chop needs to be done like Mm -hmm. forever in my opinion that's it's after the statement i think it is disrespectful to completely disregard it and continue right um and I would, I would personally be in support of a rebrand, a mm-hmm. la Cleveland Indians now Guardians. Yeah. Um, as Little Piranha pointed out, one of the popular names that's going around now would be the Atlanta Hammers, uh, based off of Hammer and Hank, uh, throwing in uh, a little bit of train motif as 
Uh, Atlanta is a big uh, railway town, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, back in the day as it developed. Uh, so I think that's good. I think that's pretty good. You could even, if you want to be really lazy with the rebrand, replace the tomahawk on the jerseys with a yeah. hammer. It, that's like, you a could, really you could do lazy, it very, but very easily. But easy rebrand. Um, so I, I, I'd be for that. Uh, hammers is fine. I think there are other options uh, that yeah. we could explore. But I, I would be okay with doing away with the Braves as the name. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it for a couple minutes beforehand. And like, I have a very interesting like dynamic in my family with the chop because my wife is half Native American. Her dad is full-blood Native American. Her grandparents, obviously, full-blood Native American as well. And they love the chop. So it's a it's a and that I mean, I think that's what you get too is even when you t- start talking about like the Native American like population and all that, some like the statement came out against it there, but then some people do like and that's that's the hard part that you've got to try to like navigate with it all. And I I don't know why. It would probably grow on me, I'll admit it, because it's one of those things where it's like Anytime you change the name of something, it's going to sound weird. Like people are like, true is park. What is that? No, it's SunTrust. And like now everyone just calls it truce. Then you don't think about it after a month. Um, I don't think necessarily the Braves name in a vacuum is problematic. But when you start sprinkling everything else around it, I get the idea behind a full rebrand. And like that's that, that's fine by me. Like I'm a fan of the organization and the players. Like I don't care what you call them. Like, I'm not going to stop being an Atlanta fan because you changed the name. Like, I see people who legitimately will not support the team anymore if they change their name. I'm like, that's that's fine. I like Acuna, Freeman, Ozzy. I like them more than the team name. So, yeah, and I, Hammers would probably grow on me. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 tricky for sure. Um, it just feels like essentially any professional sports team that uses native american iconography mm-hmm. is going to start being phased out rather quickly i would not yeah. be surprised if you know by 2030 2040 that the braves are no longer the braves the chiefs change even the blackhawks um mm-hmm. etc etc et yeah, I think the ones that'll probably be good are like Florida State because they are super tied in with the community and like Correct. they have full blown support. But yeah, I think a lot of the professional teams you'll probably start seeing it start phasing out more and more. Like, I mean, we've already seen Washington and the Washington is wild how that stood for as long as it had. And like, no one was like, hey, like, I mean, until they decided to change it, like, I probably naively was just like, oh, yeah, that is really bad. Like, because yeah. it's just it's their name. So you just call them that. And that's the foot. That's the name of the football team. So it's just what they but then you like think about it and you're like, oh, God. Oh, that's an actual slur. That's not good. Yeah. Like that one should have been gone a while ago. Yeah. It's I mean, Braves is definitely not on that level by any yeah. means. Mm-mm, not even close. Yeah. But I think just for the sake of not using a 
a horribly, horribly disenfranchised uh, community as a mascot, I think mm-hmm. we, we, I think pretty much all professional sports teams are going to start moving away. I know the Blackhawks might, uh, I think they are, that is an, another actual tribe, like the Seminoles of yes. the state. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. Blackhawks might be safe, but mm-hmm. I cannot see Chiefs or Braves standing for too much longer. Right. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I think at the parade, Dansby wore some kind of jersey. It was like ATLians. Yeah, it was an Outcast jersey. Ah, that's good. Yeah, it's an Outcast across the back, and I think yeah, I think it said ATLians or something on the front. And then I think it, the number was ninety six on the back. Did Outcast drop ATLians in ninety six? I'm not super familiar with Outcast. Like, I'll be honest, neither am I, so I'm not sure. <laughs> 96 okay so that, beautiful that explains it yep i was like i i was like i know more like the later outcasts like when i got in like middle school high school like that outcast i was like i don't know the older stuff all that well yeah so yeah i think it would not surprise me if you know by 2030 there's a rebrand mm-hmm. for the atlanta baseball team um and that like just calling it that, like, Washington football team has grown on me. I thought it was so dumb at the beginning that that's what they landed on. But I'm like, I kind of want them to keep it now because it's just – it's very unique. Yeah, I mean, it, you get kind of the uh, Premier League football right. vibes. Which is weird because they're they're awful. So it's like it's kind of like they have this super proper name and then they're just terrible. But, yeah, I don't – it grew on me, like, after hating it. But, like – and tying that right back to five minutes ago with the Hammers, like – Hammers is kind of odd to me to begin with, but then two months later, it could just be second nature at that point. I mean, let's be fair. Major League Baseball has maybe the strangest team names of any mm-hmm. organized sport. We have two teams, not one, but two teams named after different colored socks. Mm-hmm. And then not only do we have a Red Sox, another team is just simply called Reds. Yep. The, like, we, ha- I think it's pretty fair to acknowledge that you, when you could have called your team literally anything, that's not a great one to land on. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and then, I mean, and then you dig, dive further, but I love, like, minor league baseball and how weird it is. Like, I really wish, the, I mean, they do now, but, like, the Braves for a while, like, all their minor league teams were all the same. And I'm like... No, let's get some weird names in here. Like I, when I worked for Danville, we were obviously the Danville Braves. So I still talk, I still text the GM. He's he's now the GM in Rome. So I still text him like every now and then when stuff comes up. He and I uh, like love working together and all that sort of stuff. So I texted him when they rebranded to the Danville River, the Otterbots. That's what it is. I'm like, why couldn't we have done that? And he said, Do you actually think that the Braves would have let us do that? <laughs> I mean, like, good point. We had the fire frogs for a hot moment. Exactly. And then we like, I mean, they were in Carolina for a minute. So we had the mud cats and all that sort of stuff. So like they're starting to, and then we have the stripers now. Which um, is good. I like the stripers. Play, which I, which I like. And I mean, it's good because Lake Lanier's what, 20 minutes from the stadium if that. So you got the ties there. So apparently the Augusta team is now called the green jackets. That's our, I think they've team. always been the green jackets. We just finally, they used to be the giants for the longest time. They uh-huh. used to be with them. It, it is. 
that's one of the weirder things about minor league baseball for mm-hmm. me is that you could be a you could be a Giants affiliated organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right for 16 years, yeah. and then you're just now with a completely different organization. That's very weird to me. Yeah, like um, so I when I worked in Danville, Lynchburg is an hour an hour drive. It's like you literally take a right onto. <clears throat> onto whatever road it is and then you drive for an hour in the stadiums on your right you don't make another turn dang and when you look at like their wall of like major leaguers you have you've got like pirates players and you've got cleveland players and you've got braves players because they've been all these different organizations over the last 20 years because they just keep jumping back and forth it's wild it truly is yeah oddly enough one of the games that i saw in lynch Lynchburg, Luke Jackson pitched for the Rangers affiliate and I fell in love then. So I was really excited when we traded for him and then he kind of has had the up and downs. So I'm very happy he ended up just turning around and just being a stud. Absolutely. The R slash Braves meme of Luke Jackson is the best pitcher in baseball and it's not particularly Mm -hmm. close is maybe my favorite Braves meme. I love um, one of my friends uh brando he does the he's a big wrestling fan so it's like the all elite wrestling is it aew or something and he photoshopped like luke jackson onto that it's so good that's awesome there's one more topic that we need to cover real quick what is your prediction for the date that they announce freddy's extension and how how many years and how much money um I don't know that I have a date because if it were me, because let's just start with this. Do you have any doubt that he's going to be back? I have. I feel about 90% sure that he's going to sign with it with Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're in the same boat. Like I'm more like 99 because it's just, it doesn't make any sense from a team building standpoint to pay Charlie Morton $20 million next year as a 38 year old and then let Freeman walk. Like that's so back. That's so backwards. So I thought the perfect day would have been to do. It would have been on the parade day to announce that morning, which was so amazing. So I don't know, but I'm a lot of the predictions that I see, like I haven't seen one yet that I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. Like six years, one sixty, six years, one seventy. Like I'm fine. I don't care what it's going to look like at thirty eight. Because if you've got this window of the next four or five years <clears throat> where you have a good shot to be back and to potentially win another one, like you do it. If you get another title in the meantime, who cares what Freddie's doing at thirty eight and yep. how much you're paying? Yep. Just go for it. I mean, I think my official prediction is. Uh, five years, one twenty. Yeah, which might be a little conservative on the money side, mm-hmm. but uh, that seems that seems about right. Yeah. I think. I and I would think I would probably. I think he does get the six year, so probably like six one fifty, one sixty. So it's like the the money's the same. It's just an extra year. Yep. But um, I just I hope it gets done soon, just so the conversation about it can end, because yeah. it's just just kind of over it. Yeah, I th- I think the biggest uh, post or, or off season um, priorities, obviously, biggest priority, re-sign Freddie. Yeah. After that, get at least one of those four outfielders back. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then pick up some bullpen pieces. Yeah, I think a bullpen piece here or there. I wouldn't be surprised if they grab a veteran starter. Yeah, yeah. Just towards the bat, just to have somebody else in there. Because, I mean, with the way Kyle Wright pitched, like, I would love to see them give him a shot at the ball every the fifth day. And you, you really don't – at this point, you can't count on Soroka. I mean, Mark Bowman said that, like, he's a potential non-tender candidate, which is insane to me. That's Like, there's no way – because he's going to – like his prediction was like $3 million. Like you, you can afford to pay $3 million. Even if he doesn't throw a pitch, we paid Kelkel Hamels way more than that. And he didn't throw, but like five pitches. So I can't see Soroki getting non-tendered unless his ankle is to the point where like he may never pitch again. Yeah. But then I think at, you uh, still give him another year. I'm looking at some of the starting pitching names that are on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys I would be interested in seeing us pick up. John Gray would be awesome. I want to see what his contract looks like because I don't I don't know what the Rockies are doing. No one knows what the the Rockies don't know what the Rockies are doing. They didn't trade him, which is okay, whatever, but then you don't give him a qualifying offer. Like he's he's gone. You know he's going to decline that. Because I don't think he wants to pitch another inning in course. He has no interest. Yeah, no. Uh, so you know you're getting the draft pick. Like it's not like a <laughs> Kershaw situation where, like, with the back injuries and all that, like you might get nervous about paying him 18 million. Like, no, just get your pick. It's so. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Wild to me. Uh, Anthony Desclafani, I think, would be an interesting option. Mm-hmm. Um, a reunion with Alex Wood would be something I would I w- consider. I w- I would not hate that. Um, I would have loved to have been able to take the gamble on like Verlander or Syndergaard, but with them getting the qualifying offer, I really don't want to give up a pick for a guy coming off Tommy John. Same. Uh, if you want to take a gamble, Dylan Bundy is on the market. Oh man, that's a gamble right there. There's your gamble. Corey Kluber is also there. Zach Davies is a free agent. I didn't realize that. That would be a I nice wish... pickup. Unfortunately, I think Kluber's just done, and I hate it. He very well may be, which is kind of awful. Yeah. Um, I like I like Stroman, but I think he just outprices what Atlanta wants to spend for. Agreed. If we're talking starter, and... if we're talking reunions, uh, the last three <clears throat> I'm seeing on the list for right-handers are Julio Tehran, Mike Fultonevich, and Felix Hernandez. <laughs> I'm good on it. I don't want any. I don't want any of them. No, thank, thank you for your you. service over the years, but I'm I'm good there. No, thank you. <laughs> Poor Fulty man. Ugh. I would not be upset with bringing Smiley back though. I wouldn't either. He was um, perfectly were... perfectly serviceable. Yeah, like he's he should be fairly cheap in the big picture of things. Yeah, Waka is another potentially interesting name. Hey, mm-hmm. Jose Urania is a free agent. Your God. No. Yeah. Uh, the question was asked in Discord, why is Urania your least favorite player? And I, it, I, it seemed to me initially like a strange question. And then I remembered not everyone is a Braves fan that knows the history of right. Urania. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for those of you who are unaware... Atlanta Braves fans hate Jose Urania because every time that he pitches against us, he hits Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Continuously. And like, 
I, I've moved past the point of like hating players. Like I even said that in that little answer. Like I don't really hate anybody because I'm like, it's it's just not like worth like the energy. Like I had I had the weirdest fascination in college. I loathe Jason Worth. I hated <laughs> that man so much. But it was solely because like I didn't think he was good enough for that contract but it was also when i was like he's never driven in 100 runs before which has nothing to do with how good he is in general but i hate so i hated him through that entire contract with he got it with washington right yeah or did he get it with the phillies i think it was with washington oh i hated him but now i look back i'm like that was just a waste of like time and energy that's fair but but like urania is probably the closest just because he keeps hitting acuna and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Please stop. Yeah, exactly. So oh, that man. that's the closest. But yeah, like that the follow up from Dave was odd because I'm like, oh yeah, I guess if you're not like watching Atlanta every day, you don't know that like Urania just hits them every single time. Yeah. So and which stinks because like. I love what the Marlins are doing with their pitching right now. It's just him. Like their pitching is so much fun. Like I'm and they've got three or four more on the way that like have like two, three upside in the rotation. It's nutty. It's really upsetting to me as a Braves fan, what the Marlins are doing with their Mm -hmm. pitching because it's really, really good. And it's, yeah, uh, I am in in about two years. I think, the Marlins are going to be right there challenging Atlanta for the NL East. If if they can find some bats, they're going to be in a really good spot. Because, like, I'm a huge Max Meyer person. Like, I love yeah. Meyer because I'm like, you've got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. You've got a 90-mile-an-hour slider. And if they can teach him that, they they can refine his changeup and get him yeah. that, like, Miami Marlins changeup, stupid. And I think Sandy Alcantara has a Cy Young mm-hmm. in his future. He's so good. He's so good. It's really frustrating. <laughs> and I and Kim Ong is pretty smart. Yeah. She's made some great moves so far. So I'm I've been really impressed with what uh, Miami has done in the last few years, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating as an Atlanta yeah. fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. But talking a bit about the off season here. I just want to get your take on the shortstop crop. Yeah. So Um, one of the craziest shortstop classes for free agents that I've, I can remember you've got the following men all hitting free agency at the same time. Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Javier Baez, Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story, and to a lesser extent, Andrelton Simmons. Yeah. So if you need a shortstop, if anyone needs a shortstop, mm-hmm. fork out some money and you've got an all-star. Yeah. It's just, it is absolutely it's, wild. It's kind of nuts. And like, this is just a few years after we had the, like the Harper Machado and there was one other really big piece. Like McCutcheon wasn't quite at that level, but in terms of like name value, like, yeah, a former MVPs on the market, but now we have like five, six deep at shortstop and they're all studs. Yeah. It's crazy. So just, you know, off the dome here, do you have any, any predictions on where we might see some of these guys go? 
Um, I'm awful at predictions. <laughs> Like, r- remarkably bad. The only one I got last year, so, like, PitcherList does their... I think you organized it, didn't you? Yeah, I'm going to have to get that going again for the predicting the the uh, free agent signings, yeah. The only one I got was uh, Charlie Morton, because it was either Tampa or it was Atlanta, and those were the only two places that he was going, so I just guessed Atlanta. Um. I think we see, and I don't know which one lands where, because obviously the money is going to be all over the place for these guys. I think for sure we see one in Seattle because they're close. Yeah. They're very close, and they've got a lot of talent coming over the next year or two. So I think you can do similar to what San Diego did when you, you've got a chance to sign a stud, you sign Machado, and then you fill in the pieces around him. You just call up Tatis and you start just plugging all these guys around. No, obviously the pitching fell apart and it didn't work for them this year. I kind of love the idea of Javier Baez in Seattle. Go on. Right. I feel like I feel like a lot of the team is pretty patient. And so mm-hmm. getting a free swinger in there yeah. actually helps to balance that out quite a bit. And I feel like he's got the personality to bring a lot of fun to that team that is already I, I pretty fun. Right that. Yeah, you are right about that. I think, yeah, I think a Javier Baez to Seattle is an interesting idea that I had not considered. Yeah, the only the only places where and like the Yankees will get one of them. Yeah, I, most I, likely, right? I the Yankees have to get one of either Seager or Correa, right? I think so. Yeah, like I personally have them getting Seager. And I like for the, I, I discussed this with Alexander Chase a couple episodes back. Just a quick rundown of my predictions. I got Correa going mm-hmm. to Philadelphia. Corey Seager goes to the Yankees. Baez to Toronto. Marcus Semyon goes to San Francisco and plays second base. Trevor Story goes to Houston. And Anderson Simmons goes to Detroit, who I think is also getting closer. Uh, let's see. Detroit's another one. I would that I think kind of like the outside like contenders that go out and get one. I think Detroit does too. Yeah. Cause you've got Torque who will be up next year. Yeah. Most certainly. And then Riley green's not far behind Torque. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it behind at all. Yeah. I'm super excited to see Torkelson. Yeah, I am too. Like uh, everything I'm reading about him and seeing it just looks nutty. so yeah. fun. And he got off to the slow start this year, and then all of a sudden that just turned it on, and there was no going back. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. It's. I am worried that we're going to have to wait for a while until yeah. one of them signs and sets the mm-hmm. market as they all play a big game of chicken with each other. Exactly. Which would be frustrating. Mm-hmm. But... You know, maybe Freddie signs early and sets a general, you know, sense of the market. Right. At least in terms of like a yearly value. Yeah. Because like Freddie's not going to get the years that some of those guys will just because he's he's a few years older. He's 32. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if Seager Correa is looking at it like, okay, he got we'll call it 32 million a year. However, it's spread out. They could be like, all right, so I'm looking at like eight and two fifty, mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark, and then that's what you start shopping to teams because I don't think any of them are getting the three the three hundred threshold 
is so hard to get to. Yeah, I don't think any of them get 300. If, I don't think so either. If Correa or Seager had had a better year, mm-hmm. it for example, take Marcus Semien's season this year, put it on either of those two, they then yes. they would get 300. Mm-hmm. But because they were both a little middling with injuries this year on to boot, except I think Correa actually stayed healthy for once. He, he did. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And he made himself some money by staying healthy. Cause if he turned in another 120 game season, teams aren't going to commit yeah. probably the years to him. They'll commit the money because like the money can come off the books yeah. whenever. And all these teams, every team can afford these contracts. They may not want to, but every team can afford them. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, just because neither of them had the super standout season, I don't think anybody out of this six gets 300. Mm. But I think uh, Seager and Correa will be close. I'm super intrigued to see what Semyon gets. I am too. He's the oldest of the six, I believe. I think that that sounds right. Uh, let me. He is 31. Going into his age 31 season. but Simmons has got him beat by a year, but it's ah. the only one who. But even then, like, I just, I don't know what you do with Simmons at this point. Uh, I mean. Like, the the glove sticks, but. Yeah, it's, he's he's a defensive specialist almost at this point, which is kind of brutal. It, it's sad. Um, But someone's got to sign him to be their starter because he's mm-hmm. too good in the field yeah. not to. So it, it should be interesting. I could, I like your call of one of them going to Seattle. That was one I hadn't really thought of, but it's a very good call there. Just because um, it's like, I mean, J.P. Crawford is like fine. Like he's really good defensively, but if you get a chance to, he's not going to keep you from signing one of these guys. Correct. I agree. And I think, I think one goes to Toronto despite, um, Despite Bo Bichette, because Bichette's nothing special defensively. That's I. I had something in my mind like a few minutes ago. I was like, I wanted to ask you about stuff, and it was about who'd you have landing in? Uh Baez. Toronto. Okay, that's what I. And I was wondering with yeah with Bichette there. I think you could move Bichette to third base and feel okay about everything. Hmm. Um. So I, that's that's kind of my idea. Is Bichette's just not anything special defensively, and I think it's it'd be. F- okay to do that yeah um baez in toronto would also be fun with that be fun all the personality on that team yeah so yeah i really just want baez to go somewhere where he's allowed to have fun and not have the fans yell at him like i don't think he would end up with the yankees don't let him go to the yankees like let's get him let's get him out of new york i could see him re-signing with the mets um would and he? then rolling with him and Le- I, maybe I don't know. Well, good point. I get things well, didn't go well. To? They also have to get a GM to sign him, <laughs> which is hilarious that they can't find anybody who wants that job. It is. It is a, some proper low Mets stuff. Sorry, Schwebsy. <laughs> Love you, Schwebs. <laughs> but no, it's what's happening in New York is a little brutal. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun to watch as we go through all these and uh I'm uh very excited as we're moving into the off season. For, for whatever reason, I almost enjoy the off season more than like I, the dog days of summer because it's so interesting to, you I, know, 
I'm 100% there with you. I love winter meetings and the trade deadline. Those are my f- two favorite times of the year, even more than opening day, because I just like, as like my fandom has kind of like changed and all that. I like just seeing teams like how they're piecing things together so much. Yeah. The building of the team is, mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. So it's, it's very fun to speculate and things along those lines as well. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoy uh, this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, we will go ahead and move into our mailbag session. As always, we devote a large portion podcast to answering your questions on the air. So if you've got questions for me and my guest, tweet them to me directly at Bristowski on Twitter or even better yet, hop into our PL Plus Discord server. So uh, the first question actually comes from Schwebzy. Um I don't know this story, but apparently there is a story behind it. So, Mr. Sperry, how do you feel about Simon and Garfunkel? They're they're not my favorite. They're not my favorite. <laughs> okay. And that's, like, the funniest thing. Because, like, when you open it up to questions, I was like, I know Jordan or Schwebzy is going to put nonsense in there. Because, like, that's most of just what I do is I just am just – especially on social media. I'm just here to goof off and just, like – enjoy things and i'm not like getting in twitter arguments all the time like i'm just here to just do yeah. stupid stuff you're just a funny dude um so i woke up to log into twitter one morning sat down for work just i was pull up twitter on another monitor just to see what's going on and it says that like my account's suspended and i'm like well that's weird i was like what did i do i'm like once again i don't i'm not out here like promoting misinformation and all that sort of stuff. Like I don't get into any of that. I don't fight people. I don't, I don't curse. It's just something that I don't personally do. Like, um, like just, uh, like off the record stuff, like on the record, like I just don't, it's just not a part of like my vocabulary. So I'm like, what happened? So I go find, I, I have it on an old email address. So I have to dig up that email and I look and I've gotten probably 10 plus DMCA claims over the course of like my time on Twitter. Cause like, you know, you like, you know, especially like the videos that I do, like I just use copyrighted music. Like I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm not making money off of this. So yeah. I just tweet it. And I've had so many videos get taken down because of copyright stuff. Well, apparently when they say don't do it again and I keep clicking, Oh, I won't do it again. And then continue to do it again. Eventually you do it enough times where they just, they just <laughs> shut down the whole thing. And it was, <laughs> I and like some of the things that I've done, like I've pulled like full songs for videos, all sorts of stuff. I ripped an entire scene from Pirates of the Caribbean and slapped John Hart's face on it <laughs> for a bit. <laughs> that one didn't get bopped. It was like a, and I didn't even remember what it was. It was like a 15 second Akil Morris just meme. Akil Morris. It wasn't even a good one. It was because he kept getting like it up and down dfa or like dfa'd and sent back down to triple and stuff all the I time that, about john hart so i put sound of silence on there and the list of people it showed me like a list of all the people who got dmca'd at the same time it had to have been over a hundred people got bopped on that song all at once <laughs> like john boy was on there they got one from that i don't think i'm not allowed to say any of this stuff because it's just like dmc it's just tweets getting deleted oh like john gosh. boy randomly had one on there but yeah That's sarah mclaughlin's so... awful too she does it if you use um in the arms of an angel you'll probably get it within the day wow this akil morris one was like five years old 
at least. Wow. So Stupid. there's just some, you know, musical artists out there that are really against mm-hmm. some memes. Re- some record labels like go after stuff heavy. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I never I never knew why your account got banned yeah. and why you had to start a new one. I never had heard that story. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah just literally just too many DMCA claims. I yeah, like I, I guess I, I thought you had done story, something that's stupid. It. That's it. But no. Oh man! Well, our other good buddy Dave Sherman, uh, as a as an avid gamer, he wants to know your thoughts on VR horror games. So, one, I I don't have any sort of VR capabilities. Um, I guess maybe I could on my PC. Like it's a decent PC, but it's just VR is not something I've really like dabbled into. Also, I don't do scary stuff at all. Like me, neither. I don't watch scary movies. Um, I don't really watch scary TV shows. Haunted houses? Uh, nope, don't do haunted houses. Me neither. It's just not my thing. I'm not like super nuts about Halloween and like decorating and all that sort of stuff. Like just any of it. Like I watched, I went to a friend's house in high school and watched The Strangers, and that movie messed me up for probably about a week. And that's like on the horror scale, like that's fairly tame. This is just like people in a cabin getting terrorized by these people in like creepy masks, yeah, and like potato sack masks. And that did a number on me. I I watched uh, Cabin in the Woods with some friends in college, which yeah. is literally a parody of the horror genre. And I still think about some of those scenes to this day. Yeah. I I, I just, I don't do spooky stuff. I always uh-uh. tell people I'm a little baby boy when it comes to that. Yeah. Kind of oh, thing. I'm right there. 100% right there with you. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to take we'll call it like two hours out of my day for some sort of entertainment. Getting the bejesus scared out of me is not entertainment for me. No, no, I, I do not enjoy feeling. Af- and the, 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 the thing about it is that I've tried to describe it to my wife before, who is, who loves horror stuff and mm-hmm. has been trying to convince me to go to haunted houses with her and things like that. I hate the feeling of dread. Yes. It's, and that may be what most of it is. It's that not the jump it. scares or the gore that get me. It's the editing that makes you just dread mm-hmm. what's going to happen next. And that's like and that's the thing is like because I'm a video editor, like I can appreciate that stuff. Like I, I can like when you can are able to set something up like through editing, like jumping between different angles and all that sort of stuff is awesome. I love it. I just want no part of it. Yeah. No, and horror video games are way, way, way worse than horror movies because mm-hmm. you're the one who actually has to choose yeah. to walk forward. Exactly. So, like, I I played the first few minutes of Outlast, which is was a very big – it went on PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. It was a very big, like, horror game and then did not like it. So I just stopped. But I, I will say I have gone back and watched those on YouTube. I can watch it on YouTube and watch somebody else experience it and be okay. Like I'm not crazy about the Resident Evil games either. But yeah. I went back and watched Resident Evil 7. I can't I don't even know. And then Village. Because I kind of got intrigued by the storyline. I just don't want to get this crap scared out of me. Right. Yeah. No, I another time in college uh, some of my friends were playing this Slender Man video game. Oh no, yeah. Uh yep. And hated that's, watching that's that. That's only dread. That's only dread. That's all that game is. Yeah, because you are you are incapable of defending yourself. Mm-hmm. You just have to 
avoid. You can't look at him. Yeah, avoid. Yep. Yeah, if, if you look at him, you lose. Yes. And he is actively hunting you sort of thing. It's... And the only and like the only audio, well, the only cue you have is like a little bit of static. If it's the same game that I'm thinking, I of. think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only it's just a little bit of static and you're running around trying to find the pages in the woods. I'm just, I well, at one point it. they were doing one in a mine and you had oh, a, a uh, flashlight that would run out of batteries every once in a while. You had to go find more batteries. And there was also a demon child that was sprinting oh, after so you. Yeah, and wanted no. to. No, it was like awful. I got, hated it. There was a jump scare, too. And like uh, Last of Us 2 that got me and that's not even like a horror game that's more of just kind of like an apocalypse type of game i but there were some in that that game gave me headaches because i was so stressed i struggle with the last of us too like i struggle with the second half of that game really yeah. hard like no spoilers or anything but the mm-hmm. the hospital i struggled Mm-hmm. with that portion because it was just not there were times i was playing that game and i was not having fun it, there there were times because like i don't know what i think it, because so that obviously with working in news last year was there was a lot of really really heavy news stories yeah that like i i had to like literally face head first every single day so like then you throw last of us two on top of that and like my like physical well-being was not good for like a week. Like I was having awful headaches like daily. And I think it was the combination of all the news stories from last year plus this game that just stresses you out for 30 hours and has very little levity in general. It is yes. a, it is a like not it only is, is it a kind of stressful game, but it's also a very depressing game. Yeah. So the the like the story is brilliantly told. I see. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you too because it's a very divisive game. Because I, some people love the story, some people hated the story. I personally loved it. I thought it was good. I thought the pacing was terrible. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it was a choice. I think the pacing was bad. But I think, like, if you were to, if you were to do that with a movie, horrible decision. If but yeah. as you're doing it for a game, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who's planning to play it, but yeah, it it, it was, it's worth playing. But it's, there there are there are going to be times, like I said, where I straight up wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you played the first games, they're going to be. It's very different than the first game. Yep. So if you're expecting just a literal part two, it is not that you can't. Yeah, it's it's very different, but it is. 1000% for me worth playing through and you, you may play through it and hate it like you you very well might but I think it's it's worth at least giving a run through agreed for sure now on a similarly depressing note um, Schwebzy wants us to rank the NL East mascots which again this is just brilliant um, so for those of you who are unaware the the mascots the NL East Atlanta has Blooper, mm-hmm. um, who is uh, hard to describe what he is. He's yeah. beige, furry, and uh, an agent of chaos. 100%. Uh, the Phillies have, of course, the Philly Fanatic, who is, again, hard to describe. Green, furry, has an ATV. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Met for the Mets is a man with a baseball head. Yep. Straight up. 
And then I had never heard of Screech, who is apparently an, a bald eagle for Washington. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of him. Uh, and then Billy the Marlin for the Miami Marlins. Um, for my money, Blooper wins just because of the Twitter account. And that's really only happened over like the last like six months. Yeah. Like, Whoever... I don't know who I don't know who they gave keys to that but they need to just let them always have the keys for it. it. Whoever is running that is the exact comedy I need in my life. It's, it's a strange mix of trolling people like actually being a little mean sometimes. Oh yeah. And just weird non sequitur humor. Like it's, it is like actually aggressive at times with its, with his trolling. Yeah, and so he had a tweet one day, and this is where, like, the switch flipped on him for me, where I'm like, okay, he's actually amazing. So at some point during the playoffs when he's – or before the playoffs when he's doing all the outfits and stuff at games, he tweeted the phrase, built different, built stupid. <laughs> and I'm like – and so I, like, I I ingest so much YouTube to the point where it's unhealthy. One of my favorite YouTubers is Russian Badger because I love – how just goofy his stuff in is in his editing style um, with stuff. Cause he animates ev- like he animates so much stuff with it. So you have like the game in the background and then you have these conversations that he's having with his buddies and he's animating them in front of that. And it's just, it's so well done. Well, he had just titled a left for dead video. I think built different, built stupid. <laughs> and I said, either it's just a complete coincidence or bloopers a Russian badger fan. That's awesome. And then I went to Badger's Twitter one day and saw that Blooper follows him. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, he's, he's the best. What are you supposed to do with this? That's so good. I mean, his his antics in-game are great. Uh, mm-hmm. The 2020 game in the postseason where he uh, had the ghillie suit yeah. and just stood there was iconic. But the Twitter account is what wins it for me. Hundred percent, because he's going through all the like. I literally think he bookmarks stuff. Whoever runs it, he, she, um, I think they legit bookmark things because it's all these tweets. Like last week, it was if the Braves win the World Series, I'm going to get a blooper tattoo, and he's just quote tweeting these from like weeks ago, saying I've come to collect. Yeah, and I'm like, I think you legit saved these. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, second place for me is the Philly Fanatic. Uh, really solid mascot of mm-hmm. just it's it's got the nice balance of weird good on the field antics uh, I cannot rightly describe the biology of the Philly fanatic to you it doesn't make any sense to me but I like him yeah I and he and blooper are very similar like they are similar with how they do things just with us being millennials, like blooper just is like, I feel like he's one of us, like yeah. just the stupidity. And I think that's just what puts him over the top. It's, it's got that, it's got that, uh, you know, deep fried chaos. Yes. Mean 100%. sort of, sort of sense to blooper, which is a plus. Um, those are the top two for me. I guess my next, the, the next three for me would be Mr. Met, Billy the Marlin, and Screech in that order. Screech is last simply because, again, I've it. never heard of this mascot. Like, That's I not a good remember, sign. I had to remember who it was because 
when I think of the Nationals, I immediately think of the president's race. But I'm like, none of the presidents are the mascot. That's just like in Pittsburgh, you have the pierogi race and you have the sausage race in Milwaukee and all that. Um, but Mr. Met is closer to the fanatic for me just because my brain defaults to him flipping off that fan in the tunnel. <laughs> the the memes involving Mr. Met are better than Mr. Met in general. Yeah. Like there was, there's so many weird Mr. Met memes that are just great. There's also a Mrs. Met apparently mm-hmm. that is, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very strange relationship that Mr. Met seems to have with the Mets fans. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I, I think Mr. Met would be third for me. Billy the Marlin is just a very middle of the road mascot, super inoffensive. You you are mm-hmm. a cartoon animal. That animal also is the mascot for the team. Good yeah. job. I don't know. So there you go. That's my order. Blooper fanatic met Billy Screech. I, I'm. I don't really have any arguments with any of that because, like, like we said, we didn't really know that Screech existed, and Billy the Marlin's just like he's fine, but it's fine. There's nothing, nothing at all wrong with with Billy the Marlin. Yeah, he's fine. Blooper just he takes the crown because he has figured out how to just infiltrate online. Yeah, and it's very online, and it's amazing. It's, it's just I, perfect. It's a really interesting transition, I think, for mm-hmm. a mascot personality to, is. to essentially be a meme lord troll right. online which in in this era of baseball actually makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that's essentially the kind of role there they want to have at like in the ballpark yeah and what better way to engage with fans than to do it live with tens of right. thousands mm-hmm so it's, it's it's a very smart decision. Whoever's idea it was to like start branching that out. Like you, the mascot doesn't have to only be at the game. Like the mascot can with how the internet works, the mascot can just like always be around and always be there. Yeah. And it's so great. Please go look up bloopers, Twitter account. Yes. It's, blooper is a, literally a must follow. Even if you're not a Braves fan, it's great. It's hilarious. And then, last question for you from Papa Nick Pollock himself. What is the best tweet you've ever made, and is it the Avengers video? Okay. It depends on how we want to, like, describe best tweet. Because if it's the best tweet of, like, the meme of, like, ooh, this doing numbers, it's the very first Acuna video I did that kind of started this whole, like, memeing, like, video nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it's also quite possibly the worst video I've ever made. Like, I, I don't remember what it finished at because the old account's deleted. It was on the old account. I don't have this video anymore. I can't. There's no way I can ever pull it back up. It cleared a thousand retweets. And all it was was. So, you know, the video of Roy Williams when he's coming into the UNC locker room. I think it's after they win the a tournament game yep. and he's doing like the little dance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I just I put Acuna's face on that and then splattered 25. 
five thirty other faces on the rest of the people in the locker room because and I and I had it ready. I had it ready for the moment he got called up. <laughs> but here's the thing: it was before like I knew how to properly do this stuff, and I still don't. Like I'm I'm very average at all this stuff. Um, Would you go as far as say you're Sperry average? Which yeah, it's it's really like funny how I came across that name and like so like I just mentioned Russian Badger like he did a podcast with some people and he talked about they were like well what what's your secret sauce because he's got like millions of subscribers on YouTube he's like I'm not the best editor he's like I'm not the best animator I'm not the best script writer I'm not very good at games he's like but I can do all this at like such a mediocre level that it combines to be something special yeah I'm like that's the perfect way to put it. But I didn't know how to crop properly, so it's it's not like well cropped faces. It's their headshot and like an oval around them, so you still see the background on all the faces. It was before I knew That's how to almost like, better. Yeah, exactly. It's the point where it's so terrible it turns out being like hilarious. And then I also didn't swiffle any faces, so <laughs> everyone's just staring you right in your eyeballs the entire time. It's so bad. And like my favorite one was the John Hart one because like I I swiveled faces, I cropped it well, I swapped faces depending on like what was happening. It was basically when Jack Sparrow's ship is sinking and then he stops to salute the like dead people that are hung up on there and then he hops off at the end as the boat sinks. And so that was basically I tweeted that after he got fired from the Braves or let go because like he pulls all these shenanigans with Coppolello, watches them all like copies banned from baseball and it's him hopping off the boat with the MLB network. Yep. So that was my favorite one. That's um, good. But yeah, the, the Acuna one was the best one numbers wise easily, but it, it was far from my favorite because it's just so bad. Um, the Avengers video though, man. Yeah. For those like, of you who don't know, crap. uh, Josh put together for was it the first PitchCon? The very first PitchCon, yeah. The first PitchCon, Josh put together a video that is the final scene from Endgame where the, the portals open up mm-hmm. and everyone comes back from from behind Captain America. Yeah, uh, it's it's had uh, Nick Pollock as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Exhausted, facing down so many uh, hopeful baseball fans, etc. And then all of a sudden, there's Here so many fast. more. There's Alex Here fast. fast, Ben Palmer, like <sighs> that. I still cannot like fully watch that scene without getting like triggered by it. <laughs> Because you worked so, so, so hard. That on video, that. so like I, I ballparked it. That video of me like actively working on it, obviously it took like weeks to put together, but like sitting down actually, it was probably a 15 hour video oh for two God. minutes and 20 seconds. That's amazing. And it turned out. And I still spelled Chris Welch's name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and that's the only part that. that I can think about now is the fact that, because I love Chris, he does such good stuff with Prospect One. I spelled his name wrong. Oh my gosh. Almost makes it but, better. Almost because Chris thought it was a joke. Nick, like, because I think him and Nick have a back and forth of that before of Nick. um, Because it's it's Welsh with an S and I put Welsh like the juice. And I think him and Nick have had back and forth with that, like before with that. So Chris thought it was it was not a joke. It was me mistyping his name in there. So like 
the process of finding pictures of everybody, which wasn't easy because nope. it's the fantasy baseball community. Like we're not like all over the place. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have pictures of themselves online. Yeah. Let's be honest, folks. The fantasy baseball community are not here because we're pretty. We are not. Except for John Metzelar. Is that true? Yes. Do you not okay. know what John looks like? Not off the top of my head. No, I'm I'm looking him up now. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, man. I'm, Wrong I'm person. I'm glad we're taking time for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, so John's the exception here. Yeah, no, um, John is widely regarded as the most attractive guy at Pitcher List. Um, so, yeah, like to find the pictures of these – and the problem is, is Nick Pollock is such a wonderful human being. Yep. More and more people kept saying yes to him. Yep. It started at probably like 45 to 50 names. And because of just who I am and what I wanted to do with this, I had to find a spot for everybody. Like I didn't have to, but I wanted to find a spot for everybody. Mm-hmm. Then that number jumps to 70 people. Mm-hmm. And I've got to find 20 more faces. And some of them I like I knew I knew like who I wanted them to be. Um like Nick obviously was going to be Captain America because he's it's it's his it's his baby. Yeah. Um, Fast was Black Panther because he like comes out second. Fast is like the number two at pitcher list. All that. Um, DVR I wanted to be. I think he was Tony Stark. No, Tony because Tony's yeah, he was Tony. Um, Yancey ending up being Spider Man was not planned, but somebody dropped out. I don't remember who. And I'm like everybody loves Yancey like. Like, he's not, like, a super analyst and any of that, but, like, he's, like, one of the more important people in fantasy baseball community and theater. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Yancey's got to be Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. I can't remember who you um, put as Ant-Man when he bursts out of Oh, Justin Mason. Justin Mason with with the wire face. Or the roto-wire face. Because I knew I didn't want to put Justin's regular face. You had to put the, like, because that's just what he's known for at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure was Spore Groot. I because that would make sense. I wanted to say Spore, with how tall and lanky he is. I thought Spore was Falcon, but I don't remember. He might be. I don't remember. Um, it was, but yeah. Oh, it was a brilliant, brilliant and showing. Like, and my my favorite things that I did. I talked with Nick about this before. Were the shields like so? For some people, like Ray Butler didn't. I didn't know what Ray looked like. Um, from Prospect 365. Hmm. I didn't know what he looked like, so I took his logo, and I was like, I could try to make these into the shields. Like, the shields that they spin up and spin, like Doctor Strange, and I'm not super into Marvel, the other guys that are with him. Yeah. And those were my favorite part, because I'm like, I did, I'm I'm legitimately proud of those, because they look so good, because I went and found, like, green screen video of like the design of the shields and I went and made them spin. I had to do it in separate timelines and then bring it over and hope it was timed right. Like those took a lot of work and I was very proud of how those looked. So, but then, and then I got to go back and like add everybody's names in. Cause like I wanted to make sure that everybody's names and because I work in the TV like field when we like super or lower third, somebody's name, we want to have it up there for at least like three seconds. So a person has time to read it if they want to. Anything shorter than that in TV time, it flashes and it's gone. So I'm yeah. trying to get like three-ish seconds of everybody's face and name on there, That's and somehow for seventy people in for that 70 scene people. that is it, that is in two hundred twenty scene yeah. or 
in two minutes and 20 seconds. That's all I had. Brilliant. And then, of course, like, I'm not going to be lazy. So, like, Nick is Captain America in the first. He's got to be Captain America the whole way. So-and-so is Ant-Man the entire time. Yep. He's got to be Ant-Man the whole way. So then finding where they re-pop back up and placing faces just, oh, my gosh. I'm just happy it worked. I What did you do for... What did you do for Thanos? I don't remember. COVID. <laughs> Which I didn't, I, di- I legitimately didn't know. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a bad taste or not. Because we're like three months into all this and it's just wreaking havoc and it's this horrible thing. I'm like, I don't know if I want to make it, if we want to make a joke about it or not. No, that like, was great. It Big ended fan. up working. Yeah, it ended up working. Awesome. That's so good. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it, man. That's that, yeah. That about sounds. And then my second favorite video that we've done was not the picture list 6.0 reveal trailer. It's the one that I did with Jordan memeing the office. Yeah. Commercial. Cause Nick did not know about that. That was so good. The, it starts with an idea one. Yeah. I, that I, was so good. I talked to Jordan cause I'm like, Jordan does voiceover stuff and he will do this with me. And I'm like, and we're just not going to tell Nick. And if Nick does not appreciate it, then this may be my last pictureless video. But then <laughs> it was I'm at was Disney brilliant. World trying to tweet it. We were at Disney World on launch day. And so I can't get it to tweet with like the Wi-Fi because like I'm fighting with however many people are at Disney World right now trying to upload this video. And I eventually just gave Jordan like my Dropbox info and my Twitter account. I'm like, hey, tweet this for me because I can't get it to go up. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I think Sperry is pretty well just known as the video guy at this point. And that's fine. Like, there are so many smart people at PictureList that are way smarter than I am and write better than I am in research and all that. Like, I am perfectly fine just, like, settling into my wheelhouse of videos. And, like, that's that's fine by me. Like, I, I thought, like, I thought I wanted to come to PictureList to write more. And I just decided that, like, no, like... I don't I don't have to. There's other avenues to still kind of be involved in the community and not have to like write a ton and take away from like other other people and whatnot. Yeah. And you still, you know, you've been active doing the newsletter, which is huge. That's and that's awesome. And like when I somebody posted about the newsletter, I'm like, OK, I don't have st- time for the Statcast roundup stuff anymore. But I was like, I could do the newsletter on weekends. Like work for me is super easy on the weekend. Like we work until our show goes off at like eight thirty, nine o'clock, and then we just kind of if we got packages to work on, we work on packages, but I can throw together a newsletter, like slap together all the articles and stuff. So it ended up working out perfectly. That's awesome. And, and I got and you get more creative freedom to just like I want to write two paragraphs about the Braves or whatever like legitimately whatever I want to write about. I love that. Yeah. If you guys aren't subscribed to the newsletter, very much worthwhile. Uh, just gives you, you know, all your daily stuff, mm-hmm. the roundup, hitter list, or uh, not hitter list, but batter's box, all yeah. your daily stuff, along with that little kind of blurb that the whoever mm-hmm. puts it together that day has. It's it is real solid. If I it, do say it so is. myself, yeah, and like because there were a lot of articles every day at Pitcher List. So yeah. it is admittedly hard to get to them all. And this gives you all the, like the daily ones. And then we focus on like the four or five kind of ones that we get to like kind of pick and choose what we want to, 
look at and you can get them right there and everything's clickable, which is the nice thing. You just click on the picture and it takes you right there. Most Super of the time. Handy. Yeah. Mark McElroy does a great job with that. He does. Just brilliant. Mark helped me out a ton because like I would be waiting on like an article or two and be like, hey, Mark, can you slap the last one of these on and send it out for me? I was like, I got an hour drive home. Yep. Great guy. One of one of the nicest people at Pitcher List for sure. Yeah. Love it. All righty, man. I think that's about it. You got any closing thoughts for us? Anything else you want to discuss? Anything you're working on recently? Uh, Nothing right at the moment. Just been kind of enjoying a little bit of the postseason and the offseason and all that before we start. I mean, I guess we'll start on the 7.0 video here soon. Yeah. It's and be... we, we are going – the plan is for now to have a PitchCon video. Good. Which actually, I think Nick said somebody else might do the 7.0 video this year. He's got somebody else who does video in this most recent batch of hires or something. I'm like, hey, fine with me. Sounds like blasphemy, but all right. <laughs> we'll awesome. figure out what to do with the PitchCon video this year. We're going to have one. It's going to be plan. good. It's, it's not going to live up to the Avengers one. We peaked too early. <laughs> That's There's all no right. Way. That's all right. You just, you know, you got to just keep doing what you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, one more time, where can the people find you at your current Twitter account? At my cur- um, Josh, J-O-S-H, three underscores, Sperry, S-P-E-R-R-Y. <laughs> three underscores, my God. Well, and and yes, the picture is of me with my face photoshopped on a waffle house cook so if you see that and you're like what is this that is actually it yeah it's it, josh is a solid follow it's mostly nonsense if it, it is honest. it is mostly nonsense if you're if for some reason you like you listen to this and you're like hey i want to follow him. like it's not going to be hard-hitting baseball analysis it's just it's not it really ain't it's just going to be just mostly memes and that's about it but if you're into that Solid follow. Exactly. <laughs> I'll fill my role. I love it. Well, for Josh Sperry and myself, Austin Bristow, thank you all for listening, and this has been On the List. Mm-hmm.